Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome back and welcome to our Sunday service. You know, earlier this year, I started a series on ruling and reigning in life. And I mean, COVID-19 wasn't even a, a name at that point. Um, not knowing what's going to hit us, you know, earlier, later part of February, early March, and, and how this is going to affect all of our lives. But I believe every word that I've said and from Scripture remains true. Everything that God has promised us uh, that we can rule in reign in life is still true. And this morning I really want to encourage you with the topic to say, let us go to the other side. You see, when Jesus gives us an instruction, we can bank on it. We can trust him. We can say, Lord, you are with us and, and who can be against us? You know, God has called us to rule and reign in life. He's called us to be victorious in life. And I believe it's possible to live a victorious life because he's empowered us to prevail and to not give up. We are destined to win. I want to read to you a scripture this morning from Mark 4, verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You see, by faith in what Jesus said, we will get to the other side. We will get through this. Yet Jesus said, let us go to the other side. He didn't say, you go to the other side, let us go to the other side. Jesus was in the boat with them. Now, one thing you must know is that Father God knew about the storm. <laughs> so he allowed his son, Jesus Christ, with the disciples to go to the other side. And there was a reason why they had to go to the other side. There was a demon-possessed man that had to become free and be saved. And we know the story, what happened to that man. He actually reached 10 cities. So here God is sending his own son, his own beloved son, with the disciples into a little boat, onto the sea, knowing that there's a storm coming. You see, God knows everything. He knew ahead of time that there was a storm coming. But God is not a God, a father that's abusive. He didn't just send Jesus into that storm and the disciples because he didn't like them or he really wanted them to suffer. No. He knew about the storm, but he also knew that he gave them the authority over storms. He gave them authority to deal with whatever they have to deal with. And that's why Jesus said to him, so where's your faith? Did I not say to you, let us go to the other side? He didn't say, let us go and go and drown in the sea. He didn't say, let us just get halfway and then we're going to perish. No, he didn't say that. He said, let us go to the other side. So they had to have faith in Jesus because he said, we're going to get to the other side. 
Now, I don't know what they were thinking of as they were bucketing water and whatever. They just were overwhelmed by the storm. But Jesus wasn't overwhelmed by the storm. He knew they had to get to the other side. There was an assignment for them. The thing is that storms was not God's design. That God didn't cause the storm. He wasn't the author of the storm. But he allowed them to go through the storm so that they can get to the other side because there was a victory done. There was a victory marked out for them and they had to get to the other side. You see, we will get through this. Whatever we're facing, and this is a storm, it's sort of an extended storm, but we will get through this. The question is, so who is behind the trouble? So what sits behind all these troubles? Can I read to you from John 10 verse 10, a very well-known scripture? It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, in another translation, it says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, the moment you use scripture as a filter to, to find out what's going on in your life, and I think it's important, and you know, let's just use one, this, this one scripture, one scripture in the whole Bible, and there's many more to be used. But let's use John 10, 10 as a filter for what's happening in your life. So if, so if you're going through something that there's any stealing involved, anything that wants to destroy you or kill you, we know where it comes from. It comes from the enemy. It does not come from God. You see, you have to settle that in your heart. If there's any doubt in your heart that you're thinking whatever you're going through is God's way of punishing you, or God just wants to teach you through your disease, and where do you see that in the Bible? It, it doesn't say that. You see, Jesus said, that's the work of the enemy. It's the work of the enemy to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But what does he bring? Jesus says, I came to give you life, and a life in abundance. Now, that doesn't sound anything like how we just read what, what the enemy wants to do. You see, you've got to settle in your heart who's behind the trouble that you're facing. Now let's look at Ephesians 6 verse 12. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I think one thing you must know is we are in a battle. Now if you don't accept that, you are in a battle. You have to take on this assignment that God has given you. Because we are his soldiers. We are in God's army. But the Lord has equipped us. We're not going in alone. You know, I, I was in the, in the army myself. And we were equipped to deal with this. We were trained. We were, I mean, I ended up in, right in, in the border. And we're actually in a, in a conflict situation. But my training saved me and my fellow guys in the, in the car that was with me, in the, the armored car that I was in. And I remember to this day, you know, the, the many hours that we spent in training, the moment there was a contact situation where there was danger, all those training kicked in. And without thinking, I did exactly what I was told to do. And it saved our lives. You see, God is training us. 
He's got His Word. He's been teaching us as, as you read the Word of God. He's training us as His, as his, his, his soldiers to fight against the enemy. You see, we do have an enemy. He's real. He's here. And what does he use? Mostly he used lies. He lies to us. And if we're buying into any of those lies and somehow believe that God is God doesn't have his best, uh, our best interest at heart, we can get so sidetracked. That's exactly what happened to Eve. I mean, all that Eve, the enemy did was just trying to convince her that God doesn't you know, really want to give you everything. And he got her hooked. And basically she sinned. And he does the same thing today. It's so old, it's actually boring. The methodology keeps on lying. But if you don't know the word of God, he will, con he will convince you. But you have to believe the word of God that he is true. God cannot lie. He is not a God that can lie. You see, we are not ignorant to the plans of the enemy and his strategies. The Bible is throughout the Lord teaches us how to deal with these things. So we are not ignorant. We are not ignorant and we're just sort of running around and don't know what we're doing. The God is basically training us to live a victorious life. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ to actually demonstrate to us how to do it. And how did Jesus do it? He used the word of God. What did the enemy came to him in the desert? He used the word of God. And that's what God wants us to do. Amen. You see, in Christ, we can overcome anything that the enemy throws at us. I mean anything. There's nothing. God will not lead you into a storm, allow you without a way out. There's always a way out. God has always have a way out. But we have to trust in him. You know, over the last 50 odd days, I believe the word has gone out. And it's a powerful word. And it's encouraging. And it's challenging. And but the Word of God is there to take us through this. And here we are right in, in the 50s and almost getting into 60 days in this lockdown situation. And I know that God's going to get us through this. And we're going to get into level 3 and into level 2 and level 1 and get through this whole process. But in the meantime, God's going to change our thinking. You know, everything has is, is, is got a different meaning. But at the same time, God is going to get us through this. And I love it when Jesus said, let us go. Let us go. He will get us through the other side. We're not going alone. <laughs> We're not on our own people. We are, Lord is with us. He's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. Amen. The question is, can shame, guilt, and condemnation hold us back from victory? And I believe many Christians find themselves in this place where that is exactly what the thing is holding them back. But let's look at scripture in 1 John 3 verse 20. It says, if our conscience condemns us, we know that God is greater than our conscience and that he knows everything. And so, my dear friends, if our conscience does not condemn us, we have courage in God's presence. You see, with condemnation, because that's where that it comes from, the enemy, and, I'm, and I'll, I'll talk about correction now. You see, condemnation, there's no way out. All you sit with is shame and guilt. And if the enemy can get you into that place, he will hold you back. He's going to just keep you there. And all you have is shame and guilt and you don't move on. You lose your faith and you basically just give up. But there's a difference between condemnation and correction. You see, in Hebrews 12 verse 5, it says, My child, pay attention when the Lord corrects you. And do not be discouraged when he rebukes you. 
You see, sometimes God does correct us. But we shouldn't be an obstinate child and a rebellious child. We should listen to what God is saying because He's got our best interest at heart. When God rebukes you, it's not to harm you. You must understand that. You know, when I disciplined my children when they grew up, it was never to harm them. It was always for their own good. The same with our father. We serve a good father. He is a good father. You see, with correction, there's always a way out. It's called repentance. It's simple. Just keep short accounts with God. If God corrects you, fix it. Repent. Move on. And when the enemy comes to put condemnation on you and something that you already uh, ask for forgiveness, send him back to hell because you've already been forgiven. Amen. Move on and don't let the enemy lie to you. The question is, can sickness and disease keep you away from ruling and reigning in life? Unfortunately, many people find that that's exactly, they. for some reason, they think God has put it on them. It is so far from the truth. Look at what Psalm 103 says, verse 2 to 3 in the Amplified Bible. It says, Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't even forget one of them. Who forgives every one of all of your iniquities? You see, that's the promise of God. He will forgive us. And that's why Jesus came. So he cleanses us from all our iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Every one of them. Every one of them. Now you need to know that when you look at what Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, he healed every person that came to him. He did not send anyone away. He healed every person. Everyone that came to him. And he, and he would do it in a strange way if you think about the blind man. The blind man coming to the Lord and, you know, the disciples trying to keep him away and say, shut up. And he was just shouting and say, Lord, you know, listen to my plea. Eventually, the disciples led him to, to Jesus. And here's Jesus asking me, what do you want? Now, that seems like a very strange question. You can see the guy's blind, okay? He can't see. People had to lead him here. But Jesus was asking him because he wants to test his faith. And he says, if the blind man said, listen, Lord, I've got a headache. Can you please heal my headache? He would have healed his headache. But he would still walk away blind. But the blind man didn't ask that. He wanted to see. So he asked Jesus, I want my sight back. And then Jesus sent him away. Your faith has healed you. Here's a big, big issue where people really stumble. The question is, don't let anyone's lack of healing affect your faith in God. Don't let anyone else's lack of healing affect your faith in God. You see, I like it. Uh, John Bevere has actually got this statement. He says, let each one run our own race. God has put a lane before us. Now, if the guy in the lane next to you and, or 10 lanes away from you do not get healed, or don't have the experience what the Word of God says. Don't bring that experience in your lane. Please don't do that. You don't know what they're going facing. The person may say they have faith, but they doubt in their heart. How do you know? But don't be the judge of that. But at the same time, if someone is being healed, you can bring that into your, into your lane. Let their testimony encourage you. But if they 
Their life experience doesn't match the Word of God. Don't bring it into your line. Why do you need that? But good testimonies, things that are really people are experiencing the, the healing power of God, they're experiencing the presence of God in their life, and that's a testimony. You can bring that into your lane because it will glorify God and it will encourage you. The question is, can lack or poverty hold us back from victory? Of course it does. Now, you know, you see how when, when this whole lockdown thing started, people got crazy. They went to the stores and stock up and whatever. And people saying, listen, why do you do this? The shops is going to be open and the stop remain open. So I don't know what they're doing with those tins. I don't know if they, you know, expired or whatever. But the thing is, people, the lack has caused so fear in this, in this country. And even now, maybe you don't worry about food, but now you worry about everything else. The question is, can lack or poverty hold us back? You know, and sometimes it can. You see, if, if you fundamentally believe God doesn't have your best interests at heart, this will cause you to stumble. It's going to cause you to stumble. But let's look at what the Word says. In 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Listen to that. Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Yeah, he's praying for everything. He's praying for his body, that his body will be healed. He's praying that they will prosper and that it as your soul prospers. You see, God wants us to have an abundance. That's what Jesus said, I came to give in abundance, not to lack anything. You see, our Father in heaven lacks nothing. There is no lack in heaven, absolutely nothing. Why do we want to accept a life of lack? And yes, sometimes we can go through challenges and financial and whatever, but you have to stand on the Word of God that He will get us through this. We will overcome. You see, God doesn't have a problem if we have money. But the one thing He has a problem if money has, have, has us or has a hold on us. So money shouldn't be your master. Money shouldn't determine what you do in life. And my wife has an amazing testimony on that where she realized that money shouldn't determine her life because then then it's not her faith. She should not allow money to determine what we do. We should allow the Lord to determine what we do. Amen. So stand on His Word today. The question is, we will get to the other side. Why? Because Jesus said, let us go. I mean, that is so encouraging to me. When Jesus said, let us go, and He actually got into the boat with them. He didn't say, guys, you go ahead you know, I'll see you on the other side. And even if he did say that, you can go with, in, with faith. But in this case, he actually was with them in the boat. You see, Jesus is with us in the boat. He's actually with us. He knows our pains. He knows what we're going through. He's with us and he's saying, guys, we are going to get to the other side. Don't give up. Stand firm on the word of God. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. He will lie to you. He will say that this is because, you know, God hates us and He's just, you know, damn, you know, uh, bringing condemnation on us. No. Why do we say that? I didn't create Corona, did you? No. We didn't bring Corona on ourselves. So don't buy into that. It's a ploy of the enemy. And yes, 
it, it, did, it does affect the whole world. But we will get through this. And I love it when, you know, when so many of our people are saying that God has actually prepared us for this. He actually did. We've been trained. We, we know we should know the word of God. So stand on that word and we will get to the other sea, other side. Nothing can hold us back. Not shame, not guilt, not sickness, not disease. This thing is not going to hold us back. Lack or poverty. We have all the promises of God. Let's stand on the promises of God. Stand strong and keep the faith. Can I pray for you this morning? Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I thank you that you've prepared us for this. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, when Jesus, when you said, let us go to the other side, that we will get to the other side. And Lord, you're not going to let us perish. You're not going to let us just drown in between. And even this prolonged storm, Father God, that we're facing right now in South Africa and in fact in the whole world, Lord, I know we will get to the other side. In fact, we'll get more victorious on the other side. And what happened just in Scripture, Father God, that, that many cities became came to the Lord. And I know, Father, even this process, Lord, I know, Lord, that good will come from it because you love us. And Father God, I declare over your people that nothing will hold them back. No disease, no lack, no shame, no guilt. We will get to the other side. We will get to the other side victoriously. And I thank you, Father God. And I pray over your people. I pray your blessing over them. And I pray, Lord, that they will prosper in body, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Have an awesome day, a victorious day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's play. 
Good morning, everybody. We trust that you enjoyed that video. If you liked it, please give it a big thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. And also hit that notification bell so that you can get notified every time that we upload a new video. We'd also love to connect with you. So please comment down below. Have a wonderful day. Bye.